Hello, everybody. It's episode 75 of CBQ Legacy Comic Book Queers. That's right. We've made it to the, the diamond anniversary of Comic Book Queers. Diamond form. We're going to be talking about that later. I'm Evil Jeff, and I'm here with my co-host, Brett. And I am actually in diamond form. Diamond form. I have to admit, it's much later than we typically record, and I'm the one on the East Coast, so if I'm a little drunker and a little more tired for episode 75, let's deal with it. I think it'll be better. I think being drunker can't be, can be worse. <laughs> more um, subtle can yeah. be worse. Yeah. Uh, I think... Uh... I think we should talk about something that happened this weekend. Okay. Um, South so, by Southwest? Uh, let's talk about that first. Oh. South by Southwest. I just, I just got back. I got sent for work. Uh, what was, like, the big thing happening there? Like, what was, like, like what was the big pull? Like, the big when people celebrity? Think, when people think of South by Southwest... They think of celebrities, film festivals, music festivals. I was there for none of that. I was on the third track, not film, not music, interactive. So I went through the experiential storytelling track because that links in with what I do for a living outside of this podcast, which makes me a ton of cash. Mm -hmm. uh, so I didn't. I saw the business types. I saw like the the brands, the brand activations. Um, but long story short, my coworker wound up at a party with Crispin Glover that she snuck into. We snuck into Upright Citizens Brigade Ascat Fine. and got great seats. Um, overall, it was just a lot of free drinks, free food. Well, not free. I mean, you pay twelve hundred dollars to go to this fucking thing. Whoa, I didn't. My wait a minute. Did. Oh, but but how much is like tickets for a normal person to go? Or is this this brand thing that costs twelve? But what if I was like, oh, I just want to go to the concerts and stuff. Is that twelve hundred dollars? Yes. What? I did not know this. How do people yeah. go? How do? Why, who is going to this? Yeah. Who fucking has twelve hundred dollars to spend on like a stupid festival? It's all like industry people, I think. That sounds awful. God, I hate Texas. It's like twelve. $175 if you want the film badge or the music badge. And is that in Austin? Is it in Austin? Yeah, Austin is great. Oh, no. Here's my... That's See, that's this $1,200, like it's a lie. Austin. People are like, oh, it's good Texas. But it's like, it's still Texas, though. But Austin is probably so much better when um, South By is not happening. There probably, is a whole yeah. street. There's a whole street in Austin called Rainy Street which is like 30 bars up and down the street, but all the bars are converted residential homes. So it looks like a residential street, but every house is a bar. It's weird. I had no idea. It is so cool. So at South By, though, each one of those houses is taken over by a different brand that puts you through, like, its experience, its brand experience. I mean, I'm, I'm making fun, but don't get me wrong. We did so many fun things. 
and were, was given so much wine and so much food. Who had the best brand experience? Um, actually, something relevant to the show. Ooh. So I posted on our Instagram. I only kept it to this one thing on our Insta, and that was Prime Amazon Prime's Prime Video's um, activation of Good Omens, the Neil Gaiman book. The t- it's going to be a TV show on Prime. Cool. So they did this whole Garden of Earthly Delights where, like, you walked in and you had wine and you had food and you're given a bingo card and, like, it's a different experience in each square. And if you do, like, three consecutive experiences that line up in a row, then you're given this beautiful journal. Like, it was just so cool. That sounds fun. Yeah, a lot of fun gifts of me and my friend. Um... Wait, gifts or gif, G-I-F-S, gifs? Gifs. Okay. Gifs. And most people at South By said gif. And I was like, what is happening? All the people at South By are saying gif. I, I guess it's gif. I always said gif. And then everyone else started saying gif. And then I was like, gif kind of makes more sense. But apparently well, the graphic. guy who, I think the guy who invented it said it's gif. But it's like, well, who, well, he's an idiot. who gives a shit? It's graphic something interface format. Or you something. don't tell us what to do. Fuck off. Gah, gah, grah, grah, gah, gah. <laughs> okay, Helen Keller. Um, <laughs> so uh, that sounds fun. I still would. I would never spend twelve hundred dollars to do anything like that ever. So there were celebrities there, like Gus Kenworthy was there. Nick Kroll walked right by me when I was buying sunglasses on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Zach Woods in the airport. So, I mean, like, there, it was populated. But again, I wasn't part of the film or music still pretty track, C. So. It's still pretty C-list. But uh, actually, oh my God, my coworker wound up sneaking into a party with Crispin Glover. for. She snuck into the American Gods party. and Is Crispin Glover in American Gods? Yes. Have you watched American Gods? No. I need maybe we should watch that. It's supposed to be real good. And there's like hot and there's hot gay like sex in it too. There's like hot gay stuff. Yeah. Um so she says that Crispin Glover is is the most gorgeous man on the planet. No, gorgeous. What? Like flawless. Flawless. Isn't he like sixty? Yeah. But he's dashing. Um I saw another guy who had met him and he said, I'm straight. But when I saw him, I questioned it. And I didn't get to see Wait, him. Wait, Crispin person. Glover, the me, dad from Back to the Future? You don't think of him like that, but think about it. If you saw him in person, you'd be like, oh my God, he's striking. Uh, okay. I'll believe you, but I just find, I just don't think he's attractive at all. So I find that very hard to believe. Hmm. Well, let's watch American Gods. He's not my type. Maybe if as he got older, he got the quirkiness left, and now he's just kind of grizzled and chiseled. Yeah, I think that's the case. I think he's actually, like, beefy a little bit. Okay. He's filled out. Did you ever see the Beaver Trilogy? No, what? Okay. Look it up on YouTube. I don't know if the whole movie's there, but it's called the Beaver Trilogy. And this person... Uh, found an old, like he basically shot this uh, in the 70s, this drag queen who did Olivia Newton-John. And he kind of just followed her um, like through a day in the life. And then at night, this guy gets dressed up as Olivia Newton-John and like perform and lip syncs to like 
uh, Olivia Newton-John songs. And then, like five years later, the guy is like, you know what? I want to like remake this. Like I want to redo this documentary. And he hires this unknown actor named Crispin Glover to redo the whole entire thing, kind of like how Gus Van Sant did redid Psycho, like shot for shot, yeah. just like redo it with Crispin Glover as an unknown actor. Sounds. Yeah, but then he did that, and then he's like, "I didn't really like that. I think I want to redo it again." And then he hired an unknown actor named Sean Penn. <laughs> And then Sean Penn does the whole drag Olivia Newton-John thing. And it's like made before they were famous. It's called the Beaver Trilogy. It's called the Beaver Trilogy. Look it up on YouTube. It's crazy. But it's one movie? Um, It's like three separate movies, but usually they're just shown back to back. And one is the actual doc, and then it's Crispin Glover, and then it's Sean Penn. Or it's Sean Penn and then Crispin Glover. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Anyway... Uh, let's talk about, uh, movies, movies, a big movie came out, a big movie came out for the women, for the women, for all of us, really. And, and, uh, this movie, uh, for, for half of, for half of everybody, certainly, um, it, it exceeded box office expectations. It is globally the second biggest marvel opening of all time behind infinity war second globally but in america seventh so what does that tell you Mm -hmm. but it's the second uh largest origin marvel story behind black panther Uh, yes and And of course first it's the first female-led movie of all time including hunger games did it beat wonder woman stuff Yes, it, it sure beat did. Wonder Woman. It beat fucking Wonder Woman. Who would have thought that which one? Like, if you told me twenty years ago, and we're gonna spoilers, we're talking about fucking Captain Marvel. Okay, if someone was like, "Who do you think will be the bigger movie?" Twenty years ago, so I guess what I would have to say, Ms. Marvel. At this point, who would be a bigger movie? The character Ms. Marvel or Wonder Woman? I would have and put like- all my money on Wonder Woman. So we're living in the age of Black Panther being nominated for a Best Picture Oscar. All bets are off when it comes to Marvel. They can do anything. All right, so it's time to do our... Every time we see one of these movies, we give a count to three, and at the same time we say whether we loved it or whether we hated it. (laughs) Okay. And uh, are you ready? Yep. Okay. One, two, three... It's Loved it. Okay. <laughs> I had a lot of problems with it, but I'll give you this: I was entertained the entire time. Uh, but it, but I had a lot of problems with it. Well, I had a few problems with it, but overall, there is so much. I, I'm a week off, a week away. Looking back, it was so great. At the time, I was like, I don't know. But I look back, and it was so great. Before I went into the theater, me and my friends started like gauging like what 90s songs are going to be in this movie. And you know that was the worst part, right? You know that that was the only part I hated? 
That was the part you hated was the 90s songs? No, it was the I'm just a girl scene. Oh, okay. Well, honey, I will be getting to that because I did not like that either. But uh, I guessed, um, the one I guessed was Elastica and it was the first 90s song that they played. Connection. I love that song. It's a good song. But I felt they they way... This is the weird thing is I felt it was like way too um, for the songs. I wanted some more deep cuts. Like you're going to play Waterfalls and I'm Just a Girl. Like I just felt that some of the choices were a little too. They were basic. And I'm Just a Girl. That is not where you play that in the big fight scene. And you... You you set a different expectation when you showed me a photo of her wearing a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt. I was like, yeah. oh, we're going to be cool about this. And we weren't cool about it. We were basic about it. Yeah, why don't you I'm going to fuck you like an animal. I guess because it's PG, they couldn't do that one. Yeah, or do like, you know, Seether. woohoo, yeah. I feel like an animal, <clears throat> Seether yeah. by Veruca Salt. Seether, exactly. Yeah, like I should have curated the music to this movie. It would have been so much better. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it was it was kind of like, but it's so long ago in the 90s, no one will ever hear this music. And you're like, it's more like it needs to fit the theme. And that was my yeah. big problem, is that I'm Just a Girl, it was too, like, tongue-in-cheek for this big dramatic fight scene. I was like, what? Like, it was so it, it, off-putting. It deflated, it completely yeah. deflated the scene. Yeah. But overall, I think Garbage. it was no, as a prequel... <laughs> <laughs> as a prequel to the Marvel Universe, it was such a Marvel thing to make the beginnings humble, to make Nick Fury kind of happy-go-lucky, to make Coulson personalityless. It, I, that, I, liked, they were I the, liked it. There was uh, an innocence in the beginning. Nick Fury really enjoyed that. Nick Fury is the best thing. In, in the whole movie, like he's well, you know what? Amazing. I think he's he's I think he's the second best thing. Or do you think Phil Carroll? Do you think uh, Brie Larson is the best thing? I don't. I think she oh. was good. Annette Benning. Um, I, w- I do want to talk about Annette Benning. Wait, what do you think is the best? The, the cat? The scrolls. Oh, the scrolls. Oh, okay. And the and Talos Talos in yeah, particular. He was pretty good. He. That was so unexpected and delightful. And in fact, we're going to talk about a comic later where I read the comic having a new set of expectations around the scrolls because of this movie. And then that expectation was like, no, it's the old stuff. It's the, it's the bad scrolls. And I was like, I don't think I want this anymore. <laughs> yeah. I want the, like, the Roma scrolls. Um. So here's the deal, guys. We're, as you know, when we do talk about these movies, we will spoil them. So if you haven't heard it, then we're going to tell you the twist. Um, basically, well, here, let's give a quick rundown of like yeah, what we'll the plot it. is. So we meet, uh, an eight, we meet the, the Cree. Uh, we meet Jude Law. And then what's her, what's, what's her name in this, in the beginning? Veers. Veers. So Veers is, uh, she's like a warrior with the Kree, and she has these powers oh, that... hero warrior heroes. Yeah, and then... Warrior heroes. And she has these powers that it seems like no one else has, um, but apparently they control it, so they can turn it on and off whenever they want. 
And then there's the idea of the supreme intelligence. So, it, you know, the, the, the collective, we all know, the collective intelligence insight of the entire Cree history. Uh, we know the comics, the supreme intelligence in the comics is this big green globby head with all these tentacles coming out of it. But in the cinematic universe, the Cree supreme intelligence takes the form of who you admire most when you engage with it. And she saw Annette Benning from the Grifters. No, just kidding. <laughs> She's like, I really love that it was movie. A, it was actually Annette Benning's character from the Grifters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you did it with your mother? No, so anyway. Um, so she, uh, and then she gets sent on a mission. Yeah. She gets sent on a mission. And the Skrulls are the bad guys. It's very implanted in her brain. The the bad guys are the Skrulls, the shape-shifting Skrulls. And there there was flashbacks of her being in some horrible tragedy accident. And when the dust cleared and she was groggy, she saw a Skrull raise a gun at her and fire and remembers nothing after that. Yeah. And then... uh, So, they're on the mission. And the bitch gets captured. She gets captured and the, by the Skrulls. And the Skrulls go through her memories in, I gotta say, a pretty cool montage. Yeah. Really good. And, uh, and then lo and She's beho- in her memories, but she knows that somebody's, like, speaking outside of it and fucking with, like... Yeah. Do, do you hear somebody? Yeah. To her memory? Yeah. And her memories of are of her best friend? Her friend? Her lover. Her lover? Because can we just say, like... Let's here, just talk about it. Here's the problem when you don't give someone... And not saying it's a problem that you should have a love interest. But when you take out someone having a love interest, and then you dive really hard, and you being so invested in this woman's friendship and she's your best friend and you love her and she's your everything and you help take care of her kid. That seems like you're a lesbian. But listen, I want you to think like, just think about the Marvel universe, the Marvel cinematic universe as a whole. Is this a universe steeped in romance or is this a a universe steeped in friendship? And I understand that it's steeped in friendship, but it was really, it was really gay. Like it was really lesbian. And gay. so my thing is they either needed to make it not lesbian vibe. There's a way to make its friendship be without like, it looked like they were like looking at each other like they wanted to make out. And I'm all Do about you... that. But I was like, then just make out, just make her a lesbian. I think they Do should make her a the lesbian. Same thing? Do you think the same thing about Cap and Bucky? Um... No. I think, no, I think Bucky is totally gay. But Cap isn't. And that's what makes it okay. <laughs> I, I hardcore think the same thing about Cap and Bucky. I mean, especially Bucky. Like, when Cap is doing the pull-the-helicopter arm-flexing scene, the, the, the reaction shots that they cut to of Bucky, he's, like, biting his lower lip. Yeah, but well, Bucky, that should that would make his character more interesting if there's like some big thing being like, why can't you come on this mission? Because I love you, and yeah, I don't want Steve's you to die. Whole, Steve's <laughs> whole fucking trilogy is about Bucky, so you know it's a two way street. 
Uh, but I'm just saying, make it a lesbian, because then all these people that hadn't don't know the comics. Well, maybe she is. Were tweeting things of like, oh my god, why do they have to have her be closeted? <laughs> like, I just felt it ended up being confusing, and that is going to be. And so then she, but back to the the plotting of it. When they're going through her mind, she think, escapes. What tangent? Tangent. Do you think that's how they're going to introduce the X-Men into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Is that Rogue is just going to be Carol's ex-girlfriend? Oh. Or she's a one-night stand, and then she just, like, sucks her... When she sucks her puss, she sucks her powers and memories. <laughs> that's how it's going to happen. Ah. But, uh... One of my favorite fight scenes was after the brainwashing thing, and she escapes with her hands, uh shackled and she like bound. beats all the bound and she beats all the scrolls and lo and behold when she like leaves she ends up on earth and this is where i would say from that the beginning i felt the movie was like really really epic and and uh and it la- she lands into a blockbuster video quintessential 90s you know it's 90s feel that's when you get introduced to samuel to nick fury samuel jackson you get the scrawl fights she's chasing the scrawls she's beating up old ladies that are really scrawls on the train like all of that i loved it the problem is is after that it then just like hit a boring lull of like i need to find who i am and then it was like snoozeville yeah, I you know, and I I, don't, I, I think the problem the problem with it really is I felt the um, the direction wasn't that good. And here's what when I talked to yeah. a lot of people, they said the same thing. And this isn't like a, a trash on um, this isn't like trashing television. But most people were like, it felt like a really good TV show pilot. Yeah. So the director isn't it, it's an indie film director. I don't know who it's it is. It's a girl and guy, and uh, they did Half Nelson with Ryan Gosling. Oh, with Ryan Gosling. So yeah. you know when you saw Half Nelson, you were like, "You should do a superhero movie." I actually did not like Half Nelson. Well, there you go. And I this is the problem is when you have television. As much as television is great, and I love television, because you're shooting episodically and you have tighter time schedules, you don't have time to do amazing tracking shots. Like you know what I mean? Like you have to cut corners, and it's a lot. It's the shooting has to be a lot simplified. And I felt in this movie, the shooting was very simplified and direct and kind of boring. And I felt for a movie that took years to make and made this much money and this much money invested, I was like, this was shot kind of snoozeville. Especially after you see fucking like Black Panther, which is like amazing. I I really look forward to Brie Larson as this character under the hand of the Russo brothers. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. That is going to be epic. Yeah. And uh, because that's my problem is Act 2 is just kind of snoozy. But yeah. until it gets to the twist, and the twist is, guess when what? I saw coming. <laughs> the Skrulls are the good guys, and the Kree are the bad guys. So the thing I did not see, I knew the Kree are the bad guys was coming, or the Kree are monsters. Well, coming. if you have Jude Law as I, the hero, how many times is Jude clearly, Law? But Jude Law, and was the Melissa McCarthy movie, it was the same fucking thing. Yeah, Spy. He's the villain. Yeah, he's the yeah. hot hero that turns out to be the bad guy. Yeah, oh, so the second I saw Jude Law cast, I was like, well, there's your villain. 
but I didn't know that the Skrulls <laughs> were going to be that. And it's the best thing. Ah, uh, the Skrulls are great. It, Who's the it, actor that plays just, the main Skrull? It's Isn't the guy that, who, when he when he was the chief of police. That's the same actor, right? It's the same guy. Yeah. Ben but ben what else is what else has he been in? I, I he's like he was like really good. Remember. He was like really good. Where I'm like, you should probably he's be more really famous. Good. Yeah, he's he's. I think he's provided some some gold and some other stuff. Looked it up twice. Can't remember. One of the things I will say is the CGI of making Samuel L. Jackson younger was very undistracting. It was very good. It was very good, but Coulson was the opposite. Yeah, Coulson, it was a little too, like, he just got a bunch of Botox. Yeah, like, he looked like they just, like, painted four eyebrows on his forehead. Well, they didn't have... I bet you it's a different team was doing him than the people doing Samuel Jackson. Well, Samuel Jackson was wonderful in this So good. And it's also just so weird of, like, you still don't really see, like, what is it that changed him? Cause he, you never see him like turn badass. Like even where you're like, oh, the eye thing, the eye thing is when he's gonna have his turn, and that's what's gonna turn him into a darker self. And he just gets a fucking cat scratch. I, I mean, which so is hilarious. To, let's let's set aside the um, like the darkening of Nick Fury and when it happens. But I just want to point out that in Captain America: The Winter Soldier. There is a line from Nick Fury to Steve Rogers where he says, the last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. Oh my God, I never knew that. That's hilarious. I will never be able to see that scene uh, the same way again. Oh my God. That's amazing. That's great. I love it. The last time I trusted someone, it's fucking Goose the Cat. Who's really a, a mon- that's and that's in the comics, right? Yeah, but that's what I'm talking about. Is the the like the lightning up of Nick Fury w- was was one of my favorite things of this movie. That he did he like he didn't become the dark Nick Fury at the end. He just was pushed yeah. in that direction. It was hilarious. And we don't know what else happened to him. But he was so happy go lucky. What a great guy. Um, but then all of it, I was having problems with all of it, but all I cared about was get to the credits because I need to see some fucking post credit scene. I need to see me some post credit scenes now. Because that, and and literally, like I was fully erect. (laughs) Wait, before we get there. Okay. What did you think about act three? Um, I'm just a girl kind of ruined it. Other than that, it was fine, but it was very just like save the cat script. Just like basically you could have taken the movie Doctor Strange and just lifted out plot points. And it's literally the same arc, hero's journey arc. Like it's just that's it's just a little boring. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like they could have more. And I think this does come down to direction. I, maybe the script. Like, so she ripped that thing off her neck that the Kree were kind of like, they made it seem like that was giving her her powers, but it seemed like she realized that was what was inhibiting her powers. Yeah. But they did not make that 
realization clear. Well, it's because she saw that the tes- the the tesseract is what gave her her powers. So then she realized, like, oh, I had these powers before. Yeah. But yeah, they never clearly flat out said that. It could have been more spoon fed, but let's talk about the fact that only one other character has gotten her powers, her, from a stone. Who? I thought Scarlet the vi- witch. Oh, she got hers from the Tesseract too? The same no, one? No, from the Mind Stone. No. Oh. From, from, from um, Loki's Scepter. Right. So. Wait, now established- this. Who? Which one? The Tesseract that's in the beginning of like. What's the. What, when did the Tesseract first show up? In Thor? Captain no, America. Captain America. What. Uh, which stone was that? Space. The Space Stone. So. Should we get into the Tesseract stuff now? Because I feel it's a little up in the air. Well, so the, the, the open-ended question is, how did the Tesseract get from Howard Stark to Marvel? And I do want to point out... I, I'm sorry. Before we get to the Tesseract, I have to go here. Annette Benning is playing two of the biggest Marvel cosmic characters. Like, She's like, yeah, I'll do your movie if I can play the big green globby head, <laughs> the supreme intelligence. Yeah. And I would like to play the original Captain Marvel, but he was a man. I don't care. Good. Love it. Love it. Love it. She has the... Annette Bening has the most market share on Marvel Cosmic yeah. <laughs> of any actor so far. Her and Gitter, her and Glenn Close should do a movie called Bitter Betty's, about the the two from bitches space. that still have not Bitter won Betty's. an Oscar, with a That's guest starring true. from Amy Adams and Michelle Williams but as their as their Marvel characters. Yeah, um, I Tesseract. But the Tesseract. But that's the thing is, so when the Tesseract shows back up. Wasn't it under the assumption that Tony Stark had it the entire time? Uh, we always thought that Tony got it from his father, yes. Yeah, so it looked like it just stayed there, and then it showed back up. So my thing is, I'm... And then wait, and this, wait, the, yeah. the cat had yeah. eaten it. So my thing is, is when was that cat upchucking that Tesseract? That could have been at any time. And here's my theory. I think that cat upchucked it, like, in the present. And I think that's a whole separate stone. You're a fucking idiot. You shut up! <laughs> don't call. There's no, there's no, I don't mean to call you that. You're not. But there's... And I'm sorry. But there's no way <laughs> that that's going to happen. Well, fine. I think it's possible that it could. there could be another stone. It's possible. Could you imagine, though, if they introduced, like, a duplicate stone? <laughs> Come on. Guess where they did? Oh, oh, is that seem implausible? Uh, have you read the fucking comic? <gasps> that comic never happened. In the fucking comic, they made duplicate stones. I know, and that was the worst comic ever. Well, I'm just saying, it's possible. But let's get to the right, fun part. Right. Let's get to the fun part. Uh 
so we all know at the end of Infinity Wars, fucking uh, yeah, uh, Samuel Jackson or Nick Fury is disintegrating away, and he pulls out a pager, and it fucking calls the insignia of Captain Marvel. So we know and that there was the a scene. Yeah. And at the post the credits, post credits, you see uh, who was all there. It was uh, uh, Black Widow. Um, uh, was, Captain uh, America, Cap, Black Widow, and I want to say Don Cheadle, and uh, and they have that thing. They found that thing, and they're testing it, and it gets turned off, and they're basically like, it just turned off, so we need to figure out where that signal's coming. And and then it's like, wait, how did it end? Where she's revealed? What's the last line? So, um, it's the the. Uh, they're, they've got the, the pager under some like computer and they're monitoring it and it turns off and they're like blah 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 and then Scarjet they, they hone in on Black Widow and Black Widow's about to walk away from the display with the pager and as she's walking away she's like I want to know who's on the other end of that rut and she bumps right into Carol and Carol is is look Carol looks darker. She her hair is great. Her hair is different, much, and she's much, much sterner. more glorified uniform too. Yeah, and she's and just like, "Where's Fury?" She says, "Where's Fury?" So ah! the beauty of the beauty of the end of the movie, though, the reveal that Carol's handle, like Top Gun handle, as a pilot. Was, was Avenger. Avenger, yeah. And that's where Nick got the name from. That is so chef kiss moi. Like it's smart because it's like it's like connection. she was she belongs with the Avengers the entire time. She was the seed. Like she has a connection. She's just not some hero that Nick knows. A like, connection is made. Bring oh it back God. to the she songs. She was in some ways the original Avenger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kind of. Kind of like, uh, speaking of other bad Marvel crossovers, what was the girl she began with a V where they made that fake character that was supposed to be there the whole time? In and X-Men? It, no, no, in oh, the Avengers. Oh, no. What was her in name? The, no, In the No Surrender? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was her name? Master's daughter? Yeah. Voyager. Voyager. Um... Wasn't that a Star Trek show? Yeah, Star Trek Voyager. I will say, though, this movie has me super psyched. It's only a, a little more than a month away from fucking Avengers. Isn't that crazy? I can't believe Endgame is like a month away. Oh, what? Okay, so I think now we need to talk about what... Now that we've seen this, this little teaser, what do we think is going to happen? And then who do we think is going to be the makeup of the next Avengers movie. Because some of them are going to be dead. I think a lot of them are going to be dead. So what I don't think is going to happen, but I did think was going to happen, is Secret Invasion. In in Endgame? Uh, Just in general. Like post-Endgame? Oh yeah, why wouldn't that happen? Did they say? Did they already reveal something? No, I. You know, I really was. Oh, because that... they're good guys. Because the scrolls are good guys. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you know, a lot could ha- a lot could happen. But they still in they still twenty exist. years. Yeah, yeah a lot exist, could happen in twenty exactly. years. Okay. So what do we think is going to happen? I think um, Ant Man is going to discover time travel. Um. Okay. Because of Ant Man Two, and where Michelle Pfeiffer, Janet Van Dyne, said, "Watch out for those time vortexes." Um. I definitely. Who, and then can you name who I think has to then be a superhero introduced? A black female superhero is going to be introduced. Oh, I feel oh, guaranteed. About Photon. I thought her name was Spectrum. Well. Her mother's jet, like how Carol said, Carol Avenger Danvers. Did you see what Maria said? Oh, hers said Photon. It was Maria Photon Rambo. Oh, okay. So then, Mo- yeah. So Monica Rambo with the same powers, she's gonna fucking show up. Clearly. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! I mean, they even fucking said like, who knows? Maybe one day you'll grow up with like, what do they say with like, you'll glow? And you're like, yep. You'll glow. Yeah. Glow. She will. Yep. <laughs> But do you think that's going to be Avengers 4, or do you think that's going to be Captain Marvel 2? I don't know. Everything, but I feel like in this, because so many people are dead, that they're going to be uh, pulling like the the uncanny X-Men where they're scraping the bottom of the barrel just trying to find heroes. <laughs> Put Maggot on the fucking team. Um, so what else do you think? Avengers 4, uh, uh, Endgame, what's going to happen? Um, I agree that there's going to be some sort of time travel. I think it's going to start, I think it's going to take place, uh, I honestly think it will take, I'm trying, I think it will, there's going to be a part where it's going to be actually pretty far into the future. Oh shit, you're so right. You're so right. And then they're going to go back in time. To like right after, to, I don't know if it'll be like right afterwards or right before or how that'll work, but eventually they're going to turn everything around. But some main characters are going to be, are, are going to have to sacrifice themselves in order to bring the time stream back and to defeat Thanos. And I think Iron Man, Captain America, and at least someone else is not going to make it. Yeah. I think Thor will make it and I think Black Widow will make it. Hulk, I, think- I don't know. I think that's, oh, Hulk. Oof. I, think I think Scarlet Witch definite... will make it because get, here's the thing. If it's not the Skrulls, the Scarlet Witch will be the new uh, bad guy in the next Avengers. They could do that. And that's the dark, perfect. They can, dark, they can do Dark Phoenix, but with Wanda. And you can fucking have the goddamn X-Men involved and do fucking uh, M-Day. Well, I... I think one possible thing post Endgame is we go cosmic. Oh, okay. It's very Guardians of the Galaxy. Like Nova is introduced, maybe. And that is kind of well. That leads me to my next question. Oh, go ahead. Finish what you were going to say. Carol might take us to space, and Petey might take us to New York, and that'll be like the two tracks. Well, here's the thing is, who is the new Avengers team after this movie? Who is the makeup of the Avengers? It's Spider-Man. It's Captain Marvel. It's Black Panther. It's Vision and Scarlet Witch. Uh, It's not Cap. It's not Iron Man. It's maybe Thor. 
it's not Widow, it's not Hawkeye. You're missing an important one. Um, Snicked. Oh, shit. Wolverine is 100% going to be an Avenger eventually. I mean, but define eventually. I don't think anything. They're not going to. No, no. I don't think. I think once this movie ends and they finalize everything, it's going to be like the next movie they are introducing the X Men in and the Fantastic Four. It'll fucking be Reed Richards. I, I mean, think, at that point, oh, they could do the fucking Illuminati. Four is the, I think the Fantastic Four is the next thing. I think it's part of the cosmic push. Galactus. I think they're going to bring... You know what? Here, here's a, here's a Galactus and Doom. Yeah. Here's a hot take. I'm going with this whole theory of they split into Marvel Cosmic and Marvel Street. And they yeah. split into Marvel Cosmic. And then Marvel Street is you're going to have movie versions of Luke Cage, of Daredevil, of Jessica Jones. That's where the X-Men and Spider-Man and all of that will be going on. They and the X-Men come in via the street, but then they bridge the cosmic. Yeah, with Phoenix. And at this point, because by the time the Phoenix comes around again, it'll be another 10 years where people don't give, because at that point you don't give a shit, you could just redo it again. Mommy, I want a Dark Phoenix lunchbox. Which one? I had it out with someone where they were complaining about the Dark Phoenix. And they're like, here's another movie where a woman can't control her powers. And he was like going off about how misogynistic it is and how cliched it is and how it's been so overdone. And then I had to be like, bitch, this story was the first one, bitch. (laughs) Like... It's overdone yeah. because of the fucking Dark Phoenix saga. You know, you know, hey, there's that moment exists in Captain Marvel where Jude Law at the end, before she blows him away, said and says, I don't have to prove anything to you. Says like, you have to show me you can control your emotions. And like, part of me was like, ugh, ugh. I, but it's still a thing. Like, fuck me for thinking it's passe or it's cliche. Like, it's not. It's it's just that we've heard so much about it and we haven't changed. And it's I feel in the end it's not about these women not being able to control their powers. It's just they get the control and then they're like I'm just going to fucking be evil. I think that's very different being like I'm a woman and I can't handle it. It's like no. I'm going to fucking kill all of you because you're all dumb. Yeah, I just but that's such a statement on like why women can't be president is because they can't control their emotions. Oh, cuz I'm going to get my period and press the nuke buttons. Right. Can you so imagine? Like, oh. What a way to frame it, but you know what? No, you're right. But uh and then I'd short and when when is it? When's uh the X-Men Dark Phoenix? Uh never. Shut up. It comes out May? <laughs> Sorry. That's my answer every time you ask me that question. Um, it is November? No. No, it's not. June? It's co- oh, it's June. It's June. June. It's June. But I was forced to watch the trailer to it. <gasps> That's right. Last week you said you didn't watch it. I didn't want to watch it, but then it was playing, so I was like, I guess I'm watching it. Um, and you saw the shitty trailer, not the international one with the... 
the giveaway. Like Dr. Corbo plane rescue. No. So what'd you think? I'm just, uh, I'm just, it looks bad. Mystique's makeup. Yeah, it just looks real bad. I'm just scared. I'm going to have to watch it, but then it's just, it's one of those things where you're like, why? Why? Here's a take. Here's a hot take. Dark Phoenix is going to be the one thing we never, ever thought it was going to be. It's going to be worse than The Last Stand. Oh my God, how is that possible? It's going to actually, it's like, it's like you play the lottery and instead of winning the lottery, all these people show up at your door and is like, you owe us money now. You owe us $10,000. It's like the opposite lottery. That's what Dark Phoenix feels like. <laughs> oh, God. If only Brian Singer had been Me Too'd, he maybe could have like done something half interesting. He was Me Too'd. That's why he's a fucking better ass. No, I'm saying if he wasn't Me Too'd, maybe it wouldn't have been so jumbled up and fucked up. Yeah, you know what? It's all their faults. But at the same time, I here's my deal. I want the ice the Iceman twin was clearly The Ashmores? Yeah, they were living with him at one point. I want to hear no. So he clearly was molesting them as teenagers. Sure. Yeah. I want to know that story. Good lord. Although maybe I don't. Tried watching uh Never Leaving Neverland. Oh, I didn't watch it. I don't have HBO anymore. Uh, well, for me, it was like, okay, um, I get it. And my fucking boyfriend keeps falling asleep. And he wakes up and he's like, well, what did I miss? I'm like, I'm not describing it. You missed a seven-year-old boy opening his anus while looking at a cutout of Peter Pan while Michael Jackson beats off. Thanks for making me repeat that. And I'll just go to bed because... If you're going to sleep through this, I'm not going to like, give you a play-by-play. Anyway, it's fucking disturbing. And it's also, I will say this, the one guy I believe, the other guy is a little iffy on whether I believe him. And I do think Michael Jackson is a pedophile and he's disgusting and a pervert. But Wade Robson, he would say things like, and that's when I realized, you have to imagine, my seven-year-old mouth was on an adult's <laughs> erect penis the sizing difference and i'm like what stop it stop describing it like that no no and then he was like and both of them were like one was like and then he made me spread my butt cheeks while he masturbated and the other one's like and then i was seven years old and he made me spread my butt cheeks while and i was like you fucking uh i want to like go dig up michael jackson and set his bones on fire fuck this guy it's so gross and then at one point he was like Oh, I either had to turn around and look at, I either had to turn around and look at Michael Jackson sucking my dick or turn and look at a cutout of Peter Pan. And then I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not watching anymore. Oh my God. I didn't realize it was like that. And then people were like, oh, the second half is more just about how they're all fucked up now. And I'm like, oh, that sounds better. Oh my God. I'll watch that. 
So then, because I'm a glutton for punishment, I couldn't watch the rest of that, but I watched the old interviews. And I found the one from 2003 with the kid that sued him for molesting him in the 2000s. And people are all like, Michael Jackson, he's being set up. You're trying to take him down, blah, blah, blah. If you watch this, he fucking in the interview was like, oh, of course he sleeps in bed with me. He sleeps in bed with me. And he's like touching and fondling this kid. And you're like, of course he was fucking him. Like, who... And any person that dares to say, like, that this is all a lie, if you then be like, okay, would you let your kid go with him? No. No. It's, it, it's, it's so insane. It, it was staring us in the face for so long. And, but that's where it also pissed me off, where they're all just like, oh, the music, we can't listen to his music anymore. I'm like, bitch, we all knew he was doing this, like, 25 years ago. Oh, and the and they, they the lawyers just came out. Their new excuses. They're like, well, doesn't it seem suspicious that we've had so many accusations, but they all came out after he was famous? And I'm like, like after he became rich and famous by himself. And I'm like, well, yeah, because he didn't have the money to do, to do all this shit. He fucking bought a bedroom and had a separate bedroom with an alarm system so that if someone was coming, he could put the kid's clothes on. He'd have enough time to put clothes on before someone walked in and caught them. He couldn't do that shit before Thriller. Oh, God. Uh, Anyway, it's disgusting and it's awful. And X-Men, let's talk about X-Men. Thriller. Oh, come on. Thriller's good. I don't think we should ban the music. Why? I've always hated Thriller. Nothing to do with it. The whole album or just the song? The song. Oh, okay. But people are trying to, like, get his songs removed from, like, Spotify and shit. I'm like, you just cut it out. Don't take my memories as a child of, like, the music I liked. I can listen to the music and not think about him being a pedophile. I'm capable of doing that. Just so I can watch an episode of Bill Cosby. I can watch a fucking Woody Allen movie. I can watch any movie from before 1980 where every director is probably a misogynist rapist. It, the, all of Hollywood. Yeah, fucking grow up. It was, you know what? It was the entire film industry and the entire music industry. Yeah. Both of them. Every single fucking one of them. Yeah, that's is horrible. Yeah, that's what we're like. Oh, I won't listen to a rapist. I'm like, okay, let's pull out the Rock and Roll Hall oh. of Fame, and I bet Welcome you, to I, America, I could throw a dart at the list, and I guarantee you, I could probably hit someone, someone that has raped somebody. Anyway, this is why I'm drunk. Anyway, let's let's finish this off with with um, the Diamond Anniversary and Emma fucking Frost. So let's talk okay. about some X-Men. Uh, it's our diamond anniversary, and the first thing I want to say about X-Men is that the cover, Will Sportacio's cover of Uncanny X-Men 19, the issue that follows Emma sitting on the Hellfire Club throne of a chair with Mystique to her right, decked out as a white queen Potentially an area for a doctored cover on the other side, mm-hmm. on the left. And we're so sad because Emma looks like a villain. She looks serious. Her posture's all up, like, oh, oh, like strong. She looks mean. 
when people are threatened by these things. However, Uncanny X-Men 19 is her acting jauntily with Cyclops' visor. She's like, ooh can't see me. <laughs> Here I am. I'm so scared about what's to come because I want it to be a certain thing. Like, I have very specific expectations, and I'm very scared that they are not going to be met. And it is basically all, and it's not even like, oh, I want her to get back together with Cyclops. I, I, I know that's not going to happen. But I am just so scared, and I feel like I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen, but I am so scared. They're just going to make her, they're going to do something to irredeem her and make her a bad guy so that Cyclops hates her and feels that, and, and has no connection to her anymore. Yeah, I, I unfortunately think you're correct. I don't, And I don't want that to happen. I think it's going to happen. I think we're dealing with a creative team that for some reason just wants her to be in a bad role. Um, I, I don't think she's going to be like a horrible... Like, she'll still be Emma. It's her choices that we'll not be happy with, but... But any of her choices, any of her choices, Cyclops made equally bad choices and he's getting a second chance and realizing he's wrong. So maybe it's that he's going to be like, admit you're wrong and come back to me. I want him to say like to want her back. And then she decides not to go back to him. Yeah. Like I, 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 I have faith that Jordan White and like the rest of the creative team, especially with like Williams influence, like I think they're going to do right by her in but like in kind of a way that's not going to satisfy us i i think she's just gonna be i like honestly what i think we're gonna find out about emma is i think she's just going to try to try to contain evil like i think what's gonna like cyclops is on this mission and we're gonna get into the issue where he made a list he made a list of all the threats that are out there that justify the X-Men's existence. And so as long as these things exist, and it's a long two-column list uh, in power-bottom handwriting, he um, thinks did you the x Did you just exist. say power-bottom handwriting? I did. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I don't know, it's just what I thought. When I saw his handwriting, I was like, that's the handwriting of a power-bottom. <laughs> it's like... It's like feminine, but like clear. <laughs> um, and every so A think... has like a big like drawing of a dick <laughs> sticking up into it. So I think it's like it's actually a horrible like computer f- handwriting font. It's really, it was a really bad choice. But I think that him and Emma are going to be somehow on the same mission, and I think she's kind of like throwing herself on the grenade. She's like, no, I'm going to have this place and I'm going to have Mystique near me and I'm going to have whoever is on the other side revealed and it's going to be a villain, Magneto. No, he's in the thing. But and she's like, I'm going to be in charge and I'm going to make sure they don't yeah, get out of Yeah, I'm going to watch him. I'm going to, I'm going to pretend, like, I'm going to do my Dark Avengers thing again. I'm going to do my Dark Illuminati. Yeah. Think the Cabal. I'm going to do the Cabal thing. And I'm still cool I'm still Jessica Jones, Emma. I still help. I still care. But, like, these are my people. And and I have a greater good that I'm trying to fix. And if I have to I'm doing my crack thing. a few scrawls, I'm going to do it. 
Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm. We're on the same page, but I'm doing it my way. And now that's Emma. But what now? What did you think of this latest Uncanny X Men, where they went after first? They went after Dark Beast. I can't love this run any more than I do. Really? I love it. I my problem is I just hate Dark Beast, so I'm like, just kill him, kill him, well, kill him, kill him, out of the way kill first. him, kill him. They got him out of the way first. That's what I appreciated. Um, but here's the one thing is, was not, uh, well, uh, should we hold on to Mirage? Cause that's a whole other, that leads it. Let's end with her. No, because that'll lead it. and no, cause that'll lead into the next, uh, comic, uh, okay. prisoner X. So, so what, what okay. do you love about this run so much? I love the stakes. I love this is what this is where I want the X-Men scared defeated fighting hiding worried uh um not trusting one another but sticking together anyway th- this this situation is the X-Men to me yeah and then it ends with them finding Banshee and Hope on the, the mutant, mutant liberation, liberation front. front. And hopefully they just have to kill all of them because I don't care about any of them. Well, I mean, they're putting Hope and Banshee on the team. We already know that. I know, but, you know, but they'll just, they're just there on the cover because then Hope's going to be in that fucking grave. It's time to take care of loose ends. It's time to take care of characters that are like, you're stupid and you shouldn't have ever... And they were fucked up with, like, they got rid of fucking Rachel. Let's get rid of Hope. We're getting rid of all the Jean Grey uh, substitutes. Oh, I think we because are we have definitely Green getting rid of Hope through this whole thing. Yeah, let's, fucking, let's fucking murder that bitch. <laughs> oh, we're done with you. We're done with yeah. you, Messiah. We're done with you, Messiah. But here's the thing, is this whole... Because the one thing that's interesting is we've reintroduced Cypher in a very interesting way. And he was depicted in those X-Men like kind of preview things, like when they were showing the whole team. But has was he was has he shown up at all in uh in the X-Men well, like was he in the X-Man world? Age of X-Man? Cypher is a mystery to me. But that, the thing is, is Cypher is so connected to Warlock. And right now, the only thing we know about Warlock is that he disintegrated. And now Sean and uh, Mirage, Danny Moonstar, have his powers. And here's the other thing that's confusing is Danny Moonstar was using. It looked like she was using her magic. Uh, she was using her Mirage power like arrow powers. Was that just me or was that her powers? No, yeah, she's been using, like, since this new run, that's what she's been doing. She's got her arrow So, do you powers. think that she only has them because it's all just a part of the transmode virus? Or do you think it's, oh, she has these powers yeah, and they don't know. That's the thing is, like, how the fuck did she get her fucking powers back? Because... Remember, we were like, how can Danny Moonstar be here? That can't be Danny Moonstar in Prisoner X. The fuck it isn't. It is. Danny Moonstar is in both worlds and has her powers back. What is going on? 
Yeah, no, I feel completely confident that we just need to keep reading the book. Well, it definitely it's it's very they're doing this way way on purpose and definitely showing you that they're doing it on purpose. Mirage is a mirage. Interesting. So you one, think it's just her power? The, one of the mirages is a mirage. That's all I know. Interesting. I I will say, did you like Prisoner X? I did. Um, I felt it was the weakest of all of them so far. Okay. And um, mostly... I like it. Wait, go ahead. You liked... I liked it. Uh, I liked it because it seems like a mystery, like they all do. I liked Gabby. Here's my thing. Everyone was acting so out of character, it seemed weird to me. Yeah, Forge. Like, Beast was... Beast, Forge, Gabby, Polar... Like, they were all were acting really out of character. I mean, although Polaris... Bring back Crazy Polaris from the early 2000s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I do like... It seems that, like... What is it that, that, that Bishop was seeing? The past? Yeah, but it looks like... He... Or he was remembering... His old memories. Yeah. Of of when they but but not of the real world, of like the times before when they erased his memories because um he fucked somebody else. Oh, so like the within. Yeah, because I think that's where he's because if you also remember Gabby, I think it was like Laura. No, who was it that remembered Gabby in the previous comics? Laura. Oh, is Laura. Yeah, so we all know, like, all of them, all of their brains are, like, all of their memories are being fucked with. And I think for some reason, Bishop and Polaris are, are being able to remember everything. And I think Mirage is somehow weirdly a key. Beast is like, who is this? Who, why, who is Beast? Is, he's just, like, some big, like, jail bully? It makes no sense. Like, Who's I don't Forge? get it. It's what? Who's Forge? Yeah, none of that makes sense to me. Because at least in all the other ones, everyone is still based on their actual personalities. Yeah, that's one of the weird loose things about this whole Age of X-Men thing is like, when are they completely brainwashed? When are they like, oh, I'm me, but I don't remember. Yeah. I'm creating a hierarchy of who like the most weak-willed people are to the most strong-willed. No, because because so far Jean Grey doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Oh, Jean Grey! I'm actually Scott! surprised that Jean Jean Grey isn't so front and center, but she will be. She will be. We've just had so much Jean centric X Men lately. I love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to where it's gonna go. I think next Me week too. is the extracts. Ooh, I'm excited. Oh, Hasler. And then uh, Brett is behind on TV stuff. So I think we'll catch up on TV stuff next week. I am. I'm also behind on my computer battery. So I think we should. Let's fucking end this. Let's end this shit. (laughs) I'm done with you. I'm done with you. It is 10 to 11 in New York City. Oh, you poor baby. Do you know where your children are? (laughs) 
Well, all right, everybody. Well, we did it again. Uh, Captain Marvel, again. go see it. Go see it. It's good. It's not great, but it's good. One and five sixths. Some thumbs up. <laughs> um, guys, we uh, we are so glad you listened today, and I hope you keep listening, and I hope you keep reading comics. But just remember, if you do read comics, well then that makes you queer. It does. Bye. Goodbye. Oh, it's late.